it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. Hello, listeners. Uh, big news announcement. <laughs> I'm picking this up. Okay, I, I've got a journalist the other end of this conversation today, so um, so it is big news. And it's Darren Slade. I'm absolutely thrilled to have him on the podcast. I've been trying to get him on for ages. We met through the good old You of the Media community. Um, uh, there's a lot of interesting people in that community, and Darren is one of them. And he is a journalist. He's the group business editor of uh, the Dorset Echo, the Bournemouth Echo, the Southern Daily Echo. So the group, in other words. Bit of a challenging time for the newspaper industry. We'll touch on that. But what we'll touch on mostly is, well, story. And I'm not going to say anymore because this is going to be a fascinating conversation. All right, because journalists have got an awful lot of... of knowledge that is relevant to all of us in our businesses so darren great to have you on can you maybe make sense of what i just said about what it is you do no that's good that that summarized it very well i'm all about um trying to find and report on the business news in hampshire and and dorset so a pretty uh, pretty big patch but uh you know i, I put down Huge. <laughs> yeah absolutely it is, it is a bigger and kind of challenging area and uh, and and you can never you know be as present everywhere as you would ideally like to be but i am doing my best to be to be in all those all those places at once and um yeah to, to kind of bring people the things they need to know and the things that, that might kind of surprise them or inform them yeah and I, I do just need to paint a picture for the listeners um darren is wearing a tie He's wearing a shirt and tie, but of course he is during this COVID-19 um, working. Uh, well, actually, I'll ask you that in a minute. I mean, he, he's at home doing this interview um, in, in one of his kids' bedrooms, which I'm so fascinated by what's on the shelves behind him. I must concentrate. Um, but yeah, he's always turns up in this beautifully, lovely white shirt and beautiful tie. And um, and there's a reason for that, actually, isn't there? Is there this isn't just you being um conforming to some old stereotype <laughs> there's it's a kind of mindset thing yeah it, it sort of is and also because people said oh you always wear a tie to everything and in the kind of when i go to things in the in the creative and digital world i'm often the only person wearing it so so i kept it going in the in lockdown really just as a as a way of kind of <laughs> slightly jokey way of staying professional and and having some uh, some some boundary between when I'm working and and when I'm off duty. So uh, for now, I'm keeping it going. I, I might review it because you know if 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 working from home becomes the new kind of normal, then I, I, I might threaten well, to be like one of those. It might get too hot as well. Yeah, that's that's true. Also, I, I didn't want it to look like um, you know all the myths about the, uh, the, the the soldier who didn't realize the war was over. <laughs> so if if the, the new normal changes, I'll review it. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I will be expecting you to see the t-shirt and tie. Next <laughs> yeah. <time>. yeah. 
that's a whole nother look but it is interesting because what you touched on there is actually that we do kind of create a little bit of a brand a personal brand um yeah and this is part of yours so yeah we you have to be careful sometimes don't you what you can what you get yeah, stuck exactly. with it's not particularly something i've Cultivated, you, look, you, you, you wear it well, Darren. So, <laughs> so here we are in a yeah in a very strange time, challenging time for the world, um, oh, isn't it always really? And challenging time for the newspaper industry. But when you started, things would have been very different. So, so where where did this journalist story of yours commence? Yeah, I mean, I suppose I've been interested in in newspapers really since I was a kid. But uh, so after university, I think I knew that journalism is something that I wanted to, to explore. And uh, like a lot of people who get into journalism, I knew that, that writing was one of my strengths, but also that I was interested in news and current affairs and all that. So, uh, so I was lucky because I kind of got into the industry in a way that isn't really available anymore, which was that I was uh, sort of after university doing sort of temporary jobs and looking to put money together to to get a postgraduate qualification in journalism but uh, the, the the publisher of the echoes at the time southern newspapers had just set up its own uh, training scheme around about then so so uh, i was able to to train and work at the same time uh, and um uh, there are other routes like now people do apprenticeships in the in the business and that kind of thing so in a way we've, we've sort of gone back to that but um so 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 yeah that was um 30 years ago getting on for yeah so um uh so yeah that was the end of 1990 and um uh, so uh, yeah so a few years on weekly papers and then various various duties on, on daily papers and business editor in the last few years wow okay well first of all i'm now imagining you as you know like a schoolboy in shorts <laughs> and a cat going into work because i didn't yeah he, he doesn't look his age listeners so um so 30 years ago Wow. Okay. One whole different world in terms of what newspapers were about. I yeah. mean, so yeah, you, did you immediately sort of find your feet in the business arena or when did that sort of sector become something you were more involved in? Yeah. Well, I, I, it's only in the last few years that I've been business editor, but I, but I kind of been increasingly interested in that. Um, and in, in you know kind of the compelling stories that could be told about business so that it wasn't um you know it wasn't the page in the paper that everybody skips past because it was it was just the, the photo of the the, the the two gents in suits shaking hands you, you know that that kind of traditional Absolutely. and I, you know in fairness i don't think it ever really was very much like that in in recent times anyway in, in our papers you know people who've done it before me and done it really 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 well but um but yeah i was also lucky because um i mean i was business editor at uh, at the bournemouth paper first and and it just happened to coincide with things really kind of happening for for bournemouth in terms of there was the sort of explosion of the creative and digital businesses and being named the fastest growing digital economy in outside london and and you know just generally the place was more kind of upbeat and a bit more yeah. cosmopolitan and people were relocating there and and uh, the you know the, the football team getting into the premier league kind of was a, an extra kind of fillip to that yeah. thing, oh, gosh yes we yeah. better this <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah uh, i can see that yeah definitely um 
prior to this slightly challenging moment we've now got in the world, um, things were things were looking quite positive. But they will they will be again. They will be again. Yeah. So um, it's interesting you say this about yeah that rather dry image that we might have had of uh, the business page, the business news, the newsletter, whatever it is, as you say, sort of two men shaking hands. Oh, look, I've just won an award for best business of the year. Um, blah, 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 blah. Right. So let's dig down on that because you said something when we were chatting um, earlier about finding, uh, yeah, complete this sentence, Darren, <laughs> finding the well, the story behind the story, I suppose. But it's, it's the word you used, which I thought was great. Yeah. Begins with C, Darren. Begins with C, the word oh, you it, used. Was it compelling, was it? No, crikey! Oh, crikey, I beg your pardon. Yeah, the crikey factor. <laughs> <laughs> Finding the crikey factor. I, just wanted, I, said. <laughs> I wanted listeners to know that that wasn't my original phrase. Ah. I mean, I could, have just, I could have just hijacked it, Darren, and said, yeah, ah. it's kind of like you've got to find the phrase. Oh, I don't know. In fact, is that your phrase or is it somebody else's phrase? I, I, I think I may have stolen that from a from a from an ex-colleague, but who, who, who said that um, you know when you're looking to define what news is, and some people say news is the thing that someone doesn't want you to know, which uh, which is is quite a nice definition of certain kinds of news, but not necessarily all of it. Um, but no, but someone else defined news as something you didn't know before that makes you say crikey. I love uh, that. Something you didn't know before that makes you say crikey. I, I really like that. So you see, that's the thing. So that dry sense of, oh, this happened on this date at this place. Um, these are the people. Here's the picture. We'll caption that. Bob's your uncle. Uh, no, forget it. So... Um, so we're, we're looking for a crikey fact. So this applies, this is obviously something you're completely experienced and skilled at. For some of us, we might not quite realize that we can do this for our own stories. So if you as a business editor are getting, um, do, do you get lots of emails and um, just, just loads yeah. of stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah, an enormous amount of stuff. The last time I did a count, it actually came out slightly lower than I thought, but it was, but it was 95 in, in a random day. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure some days it's above that. But, um, yeah. um, but a pretty, I mean, a large proportion of those are just kind of entirely irrelevant or just kind of pitched to every journalist in the, in the country with no, uh, no local line particularly. But um, but it's small. I, I, I think you probably find about half a dozen are, are kind of a perfect, uh, <laughs> the perfect email, the one that contains everything you need to know and uh, and is relevant to to our kind of audience. Right. Right. So let's so let's be very practical on this. So anybody out there wanting to get their story mm. connected to their business um, out into one of these papers. Um, how do they how do they become one of those six out of the 95? <laughs> yeah, mean, presumably, I, yeah, presumably it even starts with if you've got an inbox with that much stuff in it, yeah, it starts with the subject line. Yeah, it, it, it does actually. It really helps if you can flag up in the subject line that this is uh, that this is relevant to, to you know, well, to me to and to our, to our readers. So, um, 
you kind of need to do what newspapers don't do in printed headlines anyway, which is have the word, you know, Southampton or Poole or Bournemouth or whatever in the in the headline. We don't normally do that in print, although we do sometimes in, in kind of SEO headlines. And stuff. But um, uh, but you really want to let me know that it's a local story if it is a local story. So flag that up straight away and the subject line helps. And then just make sure really that the most surprising, compelling thing is is at the top um you know is is there in the in the main body of the of the email and then you can put you know if it's a press release you can then you can then add the rest of it in or as an attachment or, or whatever and you know and a picture helps that's the thing that i always always uh, mm, urge people yeah. to remember is that you know the money spent on photography is rarely wasted because it makes all the difference so you know the the, the perfect uh, the perfect email that contains a really uh, surprising, exciting uh, story that will make a, a page lead of about 400 words in the in the paper and contains a, a, a strong picture. You know, those don't happen every uh, every half hour. But um, um, yeah. So, so what are the, what are the uh, looking at the negatives then? What are the sort of uh, oh no, not happening, not making the cut mistakes that you know commonly come up when people chuck their story at you is it is um, it the lack of relevance or the is it the sort of um well i suppose the the, the thing to bear in mind first first of all lots of you know particularly the national kind of pr agencies the big regional ones will often just send the same thing everywhere so there's it's not clear why you know i should should look at it uh, or even worse, they kind of, you know, you, you kind of have to read on and then discover that it's about a company in, you know, Northampton when you're in, yeah. in Bournemouth or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so that, that's, that's, that's the big thing. I suppose just not, not kind of finding that surprising mm. story. So, uh, so I don't really want, you know, I don't want to tell people don't share your award nominations and your new appointments and so on because they're, they're important and they, you know, and, and they are the kind of bread and butter stuff, but there may be something more compelling beneath yeah. that, you know, so if you, if you won the award, what is it that you do that, that, that got you that, yeah. you know, uh, what is it that's, that's kind of unique and, and surprising about you? Or similarly, you know, if you, you know, you appointed a new director or something, what's, what are his or her amazing kind of insights? What, what's, what makes you so happy to have them in the, in the team so 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 you know maybe always just think that little step further about what's what's the surprise here and what makes it look like something that i haven't already read before about somebody else it's funny isn't it how we can i i i think we overlook what sometimes the newsworthiness of our stories you know mm. it's, it's because to us they're just the stuff that's happening and it's our yeah. experience our story or whatever and we 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 sort of were somehow looking for something bigger or more amazing than actually is. Yeah. It yeah, that, that's absolutely, big. and that's why you know it's kind of our job to get out of the office when we can, or even if it's kind of virtually getting out of the office like now on on Zoom, you know. But um, and have lots of conversations because things crop up that uh you know halfway through a conversation that were not particularly on the agenda that that, that neither of you would have thought to uh, to to raise and you know that might make me or even the the, the other person the non-journalist suddenly think 
Well, you know, I'm sitting on a compelling story here, aren't I? You know, this is something that, that other people may not know about. Yeah, without without reason, and it happens over and over again. I I I found it myself. This, you know, I sort of brought something up in passing in conversation. Yeah, you know, I said, oh, that was when I was doing um, reminiscence, say, for instance, which mm. is something I I don't. So it's not out there necessarily on my profile on all my bios as as a big deal. It's on my story page on my website, but you'd have to look for it a bit more. But I thought, oh, well, I won't mention that because it's not specific to my business coaching business mm. but immediately people's eyes you know immediately oh oh what's that well that's interesting you know yeah. um and i thought oh okay <laughs> do, do you want me to tell you about that <laughs> yes yes i do Trisha, yes and this is typical of what, what we do all the time um it doesn't have to be there doesn't have to be this obvious obvious businessy businessy thing it's the story isn't it yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we found that because we're now so much more kind of sophisticated at measuring what people are reading and, and how long they're reading it and you know what other stories they go to after they've read it and, and all those kinds of things, which we couldn't do once upon a time. You know, the only metric we had was how many copies of the newspaper did you sell? And uh, that might tell you something about how strong your, your front page was, but yeah. it didn't really tell you much beyond that. Um, and so now that we've got more insight and we can see in real time what people are reading um, and what they're doing, you then get a better idea of what, what reaches people. And it surprises you sometimes, you know, sometimes it just confirms your, your, your opinion that a good news story is, a, is the traditional good news story. But sometimes you, you look at it and think, my goodness, that's surprising. That's, that reached a much bigger audience than you, than you would expect. And sometimes yeah. that's because there is a, a strong human story behind it yeah oh yes well i mean like for instance at the moment we've got the captain tom moore yeah uh, that's a good example isn't it yeah i mean i suppose that one you know the thing he did was was amazing and sometimes i suppose it's the kind of it's the the sort of mainstream media equivalent of going viral isn't it something yeah. just happens at the right moment that inspires people and uh, encourages them and, and everybody wants to hear more about the story and and it goes from being a local story to a national one to a to a kind of global story so so those things yeah do happen and i suppose it, ultimately it's because there's a there's a but it's human, definitely it's definitely human i mean yeah uh, yeah and if people are so sort of bogged down with the kind of you know the government the politicians the the organizations the ceos the whatever the big sort of blah 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 stuff that this like this gem when you get this just this individual who doesn't sort of fit into any of those obvious categories who's um you know that people yearn for that i think because because yeah. we just get oh just too much there's too, there's too much noise out there still yeah. and and also a sense that people are putting on so this is interesting because this must come up with you quite a bit so there's this temptation to think that you've got to put a positive spin on everything mm -hmm. but that isn't necessarily the case is it so for instance take yeah. your take your situation now which you said we were chatting before you said you know that the, the industry is being quite open about the fact that this is not the best uh the best of times um as dickens would say um for the industry but you're not trying to pretend it is and yeah that is yeah, that's a, a been, human thing yeah that's, that's been good and I've, been, and I've been encouraged by that so you know the whole 
you know, all the big publishers have been pretty candid about that. So, so, so you know, so that I don't then have to pretend, you know, everything's going swimmingly because they, 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 they've, they've said that, um, you know, advertising revenue has gone down significantly. Um, paper sales are down because people aren't going out to anything like the same degree. So that's, that's a challenge. And also uh, online advertisers were, uh, were block listing uh, the word coronavirus at a time when all people wanted to read was coronavirus uh, news. So, uh, so all of these things have, have made for a challenging kind of time. And that's why we're kind of asking people to consider a digital subscription or indeed a you know, physical subscription and get home delivery. But um, uh, the idea being that, you know, that this has got to be worth a pound a week or so, you know, um, and that, so that's, yeah, we, we've been sort of upfront about that. Journalism does need to be paid for, you know, well, yeah. you know, in the end, you do need professionals to, uh, to do it. And, um, and our, our effort is to, is to make sure that it's, that it's worth it. And I, and I, and I think it is. Um, yeah. But, you know, at a time when, when we're kind of busier than ever and working longer hours than ever and so on, you know, to, to make sure that, that uh, people have the news that they need. So if anybody said to you, um, what's the point, what's the point of newspapers? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bit blunt. No, no, no. Nice. Wait, wait, but what would you, you, you must have an answer to that because it's your, it's your lifeblood, it's your passion, it's your thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a dangerous sounding kind of pompous about this, but you know, in the end, it is a profession. Uh, people are trained to do it. Um, if something appears in our paper or on our website, it means, you know, A, that, that we looked at it and thought it was of interest to, to, to the readership, um, but B, that we made some effort to check that it was true, you know, and, um, you know, often went to straight to, to great lengths to make sure something was, was fair and, and balanced. And, and if you're getting all your news through social media, then you are probably not going to get <laughs> fair and balanced news and uh, other perspectives considered you know uh, you, you, you might not um, hear from people that you disagree with but maybe right <laughs> um, absolutely um so yeah so so you you know you do need uh, it sounds sounds so sometimes you know, i don't want people to think you know we're setting ourselves up as the, the arbiters of of uh, what you should and shouldn't know about but it's so easy on particularly on social media to and you know I've, I've probably fallen victim to it as much as anybody to to look at something and and even if it's only for a moment think it must be true because it confirms your existing opinions uh which is not necessarily the case so so you know i think in a world without kind of established news brands like ours how would you even begin to to sift that constant feed of information and, and see what is verifiably true and what isn't. Exactly, and and actually, interesting with with local groups of newspapers, there's a there's an added layer to it as well because because what hap what has happened now in the world, I guess it was always like this that the big newspaper names have now become a category in themselves. So, oh, you're a Daily Mail reader. Oh, you're a Guardian reader. It seems to therefore mean you are this person or that person stereotype stereotype there we yeah. go so the the implication is that you're not that you're also getting that um 
you know, bias um, thing going on because um, they're just going to confirm again, you're back in that bubble with the people. Oh, look, I'm with all the nice Guardian readers and look, all the Guardian journalists are writing all the stuff that I agree with. And here we go. Um, yeah. So it could be it, that that um, that issue could be pointed towards some of the big newspapers as well. Yeah, couldn't it? yeah absolutely. It could. Yeah. And there is a danger that um, that for those for some of those big papers that you kind of know your audience so well that you kind of never tell them anything that challenges their their existing worldview you know so uh, and no doubt there is some success to be had <laughs> by doing that but but you know but we don't necessarily think that's what the, the world is about and and i would hope you know on our sites and in our papers you're going to read yeah. opinion you're going to read it's, it's is people's yeah. genuine effort to be objective, you know? Yeah, a genuine effort to be objective, exactly. So I think it's an interesting thing about about regional newspapers, actually, that um, that gives it gives it an extra um, uh, good thing, an extra good yeah. thing. No, no, that's that's right, and because that's always been our kind of brief is that yeah. you know traditionally people would buy the Echo and they would pick up a national paper at the same time, and you'd better be appealing to people whose national paper is the guardian and and people whose yeah. national paper is the mail or, or whatever yeah. you know so 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 that's always kind of been yeah been I, I think that's really interesting i don't know why it's only just literally occurred to me as we were having this conversation <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really good plus point in fact um and and the human stuff as well that you know the very um you know people that you might even know um or you know you can sort of at least recognize where they are and there's more bit more resonance and it's that relevance resonance thing that is so important isn't it I, I yeah, yeah absolutely but i think the other side of it also is that we are in the communities that we write about which is never going to be the the mm. case largely about the nationals except except that they you know obviously in london they move in the same the same circles among the politicians and that kind of thing but, but in the end you know if something newsworthy happens around here that attracts the national attention, you know, then the national papers are in and out in a, in a day or two and never have to come back and, and meet the people that they spoke to. Whereas, um, you know, locally, we, we kind of move in the same circles. We go to the same places and we, you know, send our kids to the same schools and all the rest of it. So, um, so, you know, if we write something terrible about, about you, I, I might bump into you in, into the supermarket, you know, and, 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 and so that doesn't mean that you never write anything uncomplimentary or critical. What it means is if you give somebody a, a hard time in a story, they'd better have deserved it and you'd better be accurate, you know, so, so um, you have to be able to justify it, you know, if you bump into the subject in the supermarket. Because I was going to, I was going to say, how do you manage to keep this this objectivity? Because it's not easy. Because as because mm. as humans, we are inclined to go down the you know subjective kind of route quite easily. Um, uh, so, you as a journalist, does it is it literally is it a bit like a muscle that you just keep exercising, and so it becomes quite quite a natural state of being for you to when you're having a conversation or reading an email and then having that follow-up conversation whatever that this wonderful ability to keep your mind open is something that you've almost kind of developed as totally second nature yeah i suppose it is you know and sometimes um 
uh, yeah, so I, I think sometimes we, you know, we're speaking to, to, to someone, I suppose that mainly comes in in the realms of kind of politics and controversy and so on. And you are simultaneously having the conversation and thinking about how it's going to look to the, to the reader. And it's, you know, it's just important that you represent things fairly and, uh, and accurately and don't shy away from, from when that's going to be controversial for the people involved, but, but don't, um, don't, but don't um, exaggerate. You know? Yeah, don't exaggerate. Sorry, don't shy away. Don't exaggerate. Balance, balance, balance. Balance presumably is a big word in journalism, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. So where's the, so how do you then get the, the sort of entertainment factor, if you like, the, the grabby, crikey, entertaining kind of factor when, because if you say words like balance, yeah. objective <laughs> there's facts okay those are all, those to me you sort of got if you had two columns these would be in the very sensible <laughs> potentially dull okay this, yeah, this column yeah. here and then you've got the wow wow crikey yeah whoa whoa human story blah 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 here so mm. you're having to somehow um get a brilliant balance between those yeah absolutely i mean i think being fair and balanced and all those things does not mean that you don't know a story, a good story when, <laughs> when it comes along, you know, so you don't know when somebody has said something controversial or somebody has made a decision in business that is going to surprise or upset people or whatever. So, you know, in the end, much as we like to get along with everybody that we mix with and, and, and meet, the loyalty is to the, is to the reader, you know, and, and I, when I was um, council reporter, I used to always try and bear that in mind, particularly if things got fractious between you and the and the politicians. That you know, you're not there to have a comfortable time when you <laughs> when you when you're at uh, in the council chamber. You're there to be the eyes and ears of the of the reader. And I think if you kind of bear that priority in mind, I think what would the reader find interesting, mm. surprising, yeah, upsetting, then then that's kind of the way to think about that. So it doesn't mean just let's uh you know let, let's uh just just tell the it doesn't it, does, it doesn't mean you must never excite people <laughs> you know you, yes exactly you, you, that's it's your, the thing it's your it? job to tell a, a a good story but a fair one yes and that and that applies yeah that could that could well apply to us when we're telling the, the story of our business and our experience and all the rest of it um is it's balance 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 all the time yeah don't and i i mean is there in your long career in journalism is there this is really mean because i haven't primed you for this question at all <laughs> or, or any of the others i might add um are there any are there any crazy stories that come to mind that you just absolutely loved being part of in terms of did you did you ever find a story and think ah oh, this is this is a gem i'm going to take this to my editor or whatever the hierarchy was at the time and it's sort of um yeah yeah that, i mean that i mean that still happens yeah you, you know and you still get a tip off and in the last weeks it's tended to be the negative news but um yeah. so, so you know you, you have mixed feelings about that but um but i mean in the last week for example and i, and I had to be a little bit careful because i can't really reveal my, my source exactly on this, but, don't but reveal we, your oh my gosh no hang on a minute everybody darren is not <laughs> about to reveal his sources okay <laughs> now, for example <laughs> yesterday's front in the echo was the fact that 
uh, Beals, the department store, is uh, is likely to be making a comeback, at least on a, on a small scale, after mm-hmm. after going into administration, which is a big shock for the retail industry earlier this year. And when you come upon that information, there is that, yeah, there, there is that buzz, and that's particularly because that's you know some positive news at a time when most dramatic news is 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 the other way. So yeah, there is that moment of my goodness, I think this is tomorrow's front, you know, and however many million things you had to do that day and, you know, however late it's going to keep you, <laughs> you think that's a, that's a cracking story and you never mind. Did you get there a on of excitement? It is, is this, do you still feel very motivated despite all the horrendous challenges of, the, of this industry and so many other challenges that we get? Do you still feel driven? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, absolutely. You do. Yes, you do feel that. And, and my um, editor for many years, Neil Butterworth, used to say, you know, that he wanted people who, who came to work enthusiastic. And, and mm. you do kind of, you know, even if you're not enthusiastic on the way to work or whatever, you know, kind of when you walk through the, the doors, you know, something usually infuses you. And sometimes about the, the human contact of the journalists, because, you know, some of them, are, you know, some of them, all of them are very bright people at bright and amusing and, and enthusiastic uh, mm. you know colleagues so um so it's partly you say about that, that was but... that was one of the the top so qualities of a journalist of, of if you if you're going into journalism are there are there top three well okay well the enthusiasm is is, is, is yeah. certainly one um i suppose to be a bit a bit nosy yes you know, not in <laughs> necessarily an inappropriate way, but wonder what's, you know, what what's going on, what makes it, you know, you really do have to see the notice on the lamppost down the road and think <laughs> what building is going to be put up there or whatever, that kind of, that kind of just interest uh, in what's going on around you. And um, the objective, I suppose, it's that, that thing, you know. Yeah. I think the thing people don't always realise and maybe find hard to believe about journalists sometimes is that, is that whatever our individual opinions and beliefs might be, we can see the other side of things. And it's, it, the job itself is very good at, at kind of changing you in that regard, because you might find people that you, that you really agree with politically or in some other fashion, but, but you find them difficult to deal with. Whereas somebody who's, who's completely opposed to your way of thinking, you think, you know, I can't really like that person or, or, or they're always good value. They always say something. Uh, compelling even if I don't personally yeah. Uh, yeah. get on board with it you know that's absolutely so <clears throat> enthusiasm nosiness objectivity I, I think we need those I think we all need those in our business anyway I think those are those are really really good qualities because um, without the enthusiasm if you're certainly if you're running your own business you're going to give up pretty quickly because yeah. um, it's it's yeah it's essential um especially on the bad days and nosy i'm a massive fan of nosy yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i actually funny enough my father uh started off as a journalist and um even in his retirement he was writing articles for frozen food magazine there we go um because his career was was with birdfly so um he he definitely had that gene in him and I and he was, you know, when he retired, he wouldn't retire. So he was involved in, you know, the Residents Association and all the rest of it. And um, 
constantly nosy and I couldn't walk down the street with him without it took ages it took hours because everybody stopped wanting to have conversations but I think I think that is um how you have to be in in business you have to have these conversations you have to be nosy you have to be curious you have to ask about so you know um something we're not always good at is asking for you know sort of objective feedback on what we're doing and yeah. so that you know um or have the other people in mind how are they reacting to this does this work for them you know is that thing i've just written has it engaged them let me let me actually ask them mm -hmm. my my son is working from home and he has been since the beginning of lockdown and he works in recruitment and um it's that's quite a tough job and especially at the moment but i've been privy to being able to earwick on some mm -hmm. of his conversations and i've noticed that one of his top skills is asking questions I thought, right yes you're good at asking questions naturally it's not like it's manipulative yeah. or forced he is and and i remember now he's been like this ever since he was a little kid there is um he has a a very natural way of just wanting to know more I, you know like kids say why 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 <laughs> and you get really annoyed with them after about the 30th why and then you say just because <laughs> <laughs> but but that we we tend to have that taken out of us as we grow up a bit don't we yeah absolutely and the other thing you know certainly we have to learn and i guess it applies to other people as well is is ask stupid questions sometimes because if you didn't ask the obvious question and you're unclear and you try and fudge it, you're gonna learn land in, you know, so if I talk for you to you for half an hour and then realize I didn't have to ask you what you do, <laughs> or you know, I better be prepared to ask if I'm writing about you because, yeah. because otherwise I'm gonna look foolish trying to to cover that up. So so yeah, don't be afraid to ask the, the stupid questions sometimes. Well, that's a great way to end this conversation. Don't <laughs> be afraid to ask the stupid questions. I've probably asked quite a few during well, this interview, but what it, the heck? Yeah. I guess the same in what you do, isn't it? You know, if someone yeah. someone uses a, a term and you don't get it, you'd better ask rather than assume that the audience will know. 100%, absolutely. I really wish I'd done that on the day I first got a job as a secretary back in the late 70s or whenever it was. And uh, I just learned how to do shorthand. And this was like a scene out of Mad Men. I was working in an ad agency, all men, bosses. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I take down my first shorthand letter and I didn't understand a single, except for dear sir, because you do shorthand, don't you, Darren? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you get this so dear sir i got that and i i, I think you know yours sincerely i got at the end <laughs> and everything the rest of it was hieroglyphics but would i did i stop and ask this boss could he go slower could he repeat right. that did i go back and ask him what? no i spent hours trying to decipher and make stuff up and it just got worse and worse the the more i didn't go and ask the obvious questions um and so I, I, I learned that lesson. Um, gosh, I wish I hadn't repeated that story because it's quite traumatic. But no, um, no, yes, do you yeah. see? <laughs> Same now, business that you know, you better, you know, if you're intimidated by, by as a young reporter, by telling the news news editor that you didn't get something or, or whatever, you better be prepared to do it because otherwise, <laughs> if you just try and cover it up and write the story anyway, you're going to be in worse trouble <laughs> when uh, when it all. Sort of Absolutely, I can imagine with you. <laughs>
your short term you first started and, ah! um, yes and you could get a massive fact wrong in the middle of a story so no way no way so yes ask stupid questions ask lots of questions be nosy be objective be curious be balanced find your story um, and realize that that story has got the crikey factor um, you know perhaps you didn't realize it but but actually it has and it doesn't have to be big and spectacular you don't have to have invented the latest whatever there's there's something very human in there that will resonate and find it yeah absolutely yeah, i think yeah. i'm a frustrated journalist and i've just really that haven't you didn't you do do some some modules in that at, at yes i did i did the journalism module at, at, at the last year of my degree and i really yeah i really I, I kind of enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy the techie stuff where you had to lay out pages and what, no, I didn't like that. No, I just wanted to go and be nosy. Uh, yeah. yeah, we just kind of wrote the story and that was that, whereas now, you know, the job is more. So everybody, can you please pay a pound a week to digitally subscribe to the um, group of uh the what do you do you call the group a name the southern echo the day uh, well we are part of news quest um but um but uh yeah, locally here in the do you subscribe to each one separately or do you is it the, the uh, i think each of these titles you have to take out a separate yeah uh, yeah sorry. but but seriously is it only a pound a week well that's how it works out if you take a um an annual subscription it's just slightly more if you if you do yeah. it uh, renew monthly but uh, but it's not uh, nothing not is it that's nothing. Come on, everybody. Let's support the local news because it's different from the national news. It's got a, it's got an extra human quality um, and resonance and relevance. And it's you can't possibly know you're not going around looking at you know having these secret conversations like like Darren has, <laughs> uh, and you you can be the first to know. So I, I you know I or at least the second to know after Darren. So um, so I think this is a reminder for us all to to look at our local news um, in a slightly different way actually and get out of the social media bubble and um, um, and also yeah just just to use that those journalistic skills in our in our businesses and um, and if everybody if anybody wants to if anybody's sitting there now thinking do you know what i have got a freaking good story that could go in the papers um do they do they just email you yes yes do drop drop me an email you know i'm going to be I'm intending to do some things on LinkedIn about how to write a press release and how to attract a, a journalist's um, interest and all that. But, mm. but yeah, I, I'm always open, particularly to you know to people in our kind of local communities getting yeah. into me, ringing me up or, or dropping me an email. And I will, you know, we are overwhelmed, particularly at the moment, by by just volume of incoming stuff. But I will yeah. do my very best to get back to everybody. Yeah, and maybe it's time for a bit of positive news as well. Um, and. Yeah, so LinkedIn is probably a good starting place to be sort of building a relationship with you, isn't it? To sort of connect with you. Yeah, I try to be as active there as I as I can because yeah. you know that's where a lot of the people that um, that I need to reach will, will will be spending their time. But also Twitter, where I'm Echo Daz. So uh, Echo uh, Daz, right? I'll put that on the show notes. Obviously, yeah, yeah, so brilliant. Best, best routes, yeah. Anything else you want me to direct people towards? Uh, uh, no, that is good. If you just, uh, you know, depending where you are, you know, visit the visit the site if sites if you would, and 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 have a look around. And you know, I'm reasonably confident that we will 
will be worth your, your one pound a week. We can't even go to, sorry? You and I must be the last shorthand writers in. Uh, <laughs> oh, look, look, he's showing me a notepad with his hand on it. He's bringing back all my, all my traumatic memories. <laughs> No, I, I stopped. It's, it's a muscle. If you don't use it, it, it's not like riding a bike, I've discovered. You've got to do it for quite a long time before it embeds into your um, thing. I remember my mother taking notes down just in ordinary, ordinary phone calls. Um, yeah, because it was so in, embedded in her from her secretarial training. Um, but no, I, I ditched it as soon as I could. <laughs> But it's a rare skill and Darren's got it. So thank you ever so much. Oh, it's really interesting chat, actually. And uh, yeah, go local newspapers. That's what I'd say. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. How about you take a little time out to check out your local newspapers? and maybe make friends with the business editor. And if you're in this area, it's Darren Slade. But seriously, try and think of a crikey factor that might apply to your business at some stage and get that email sent. A lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be replaced.